This podcast is sponsored by the Joyce Foundation, which invests in public policies to advance racial equity and economic mobility for the next generation in the Great Lakes region. Welcome, everyone, back to the Cranes of Trade Business podcast for the Mackinac Policy Conference. I'm Chad Livingood, Senior Editor at Cranes of Trade Business. Uh, this is uh, our kickoff day, officially. Last night, we had the first podcast interview with Brad Williams over the Detroit Regional Chamber, talking, kind of previewing the conference. And now i am uh, got my first guest here on the podcast, uh, Garrick uh, Rock. Rochow. Um, I didn't botch it too bad. Garrick <laughs> Rochow. Uh, he is the CEO of Consumers Energy. Uh, he's been on the job now since uh, December 1st of last year. So succeeded Patty Poppy and uh, welcome to uh, the podcast, sir. Well, thanks for having me. And we're yeah. on the, we're on the Grand Hotel. Yeah, it's beautiful uh, up here. I mean, we're, we're, we're almost six feet away uh, from each other uh, and we are uh, sitting outside and, and just can't beat the weather right now. It's gorgeous. Although they're calling for rain tomorrow. Yeah, but we'll enjoy this while we while we have it. A little have, nice breeze here on the porch. Absolutely. Well, uh, Garrick, tell us a little bit about your first ten months or so in the CEO's office, and how how's it how's it going? And have you even been to the CEO's office yet? <laughs> I have. It's interesting becoming a CEO in the midst of a, a midst of a global pandemic, and uh, it's great that I've been with the company nearly twenty years, and so built a lot of relationships. And if it wasn't for that. I mean, it'd be very difficult to, to step into the CEO role, CEO role, but it's been a great, uh, great nine months, great 10 months here. Uh, we, uh, you know, we sold a bank, you know, Ukraine's covered that. Um, yep. That was 10% of our earnings stream and it allowed us to, you know, we really started that business and, and sold that business. It's in close right now and allows us to continue to focus on the energy businesses, which we do here in Michigan. We followed our clean energy plan in June, which calls for the elimination of coal by 2025, groundbreaking step uh, to put more renewables uh, here in Michigan and clean up Michigan's air. Uh, and so certainly our commitment to a cleaner environment, a cleaner Michigan. And um, so we're off to a good start and navigating through the pandemic. And uh, I feel good about where things are at the nine months, 10 months into the, into you, the role. You came into the CEO's office from uh, being a senior vice president of operations. Um, how long have you been in consumers and kind of how did, what was your path to get to this to this spot? Yeah, I've been in the industry for 25 years, all in Michigan, all with utilities in Michigan. Started out at the city of Holland, Holland Board of Public Works uh, in operations. Uh, my background's in engineering, environmental engineering, which was important back then in some of the initial Clean Air Act requirements, but also in terms of where we're headed. We talk about it today as leading the clean energy transformation, and that's tr truly what it is. Uh, it is a transformation, but have worked in a variety of roles at, uh, at Consumers Energy and CMS Energy uh, for the last roughly 20 years uh, in operations, engineering, in our customer area, um, and economic development uh, to chief operating officer, or essentially chief operating officer, and and then now into the CEO role. And um, things have, have evolved a little bit at, at CMS. I mean, CMS used to be in a whole lot of other things. Uh, I mean, you talk about you, you got divested of the bank and such, but um, why is it that utility companies are kind of going from uh, all things to all people to just focus on 
on just either generation and delivery? I'll, I'll tell you there's a couple reasons. One, this industry is going through a major trans transformation when it comes to clean energy. And you can see us leading the way and, and again, eliminating coal plants, one of the first uh, utilities in the nation to eliminate coal by 2025. Uh, there's more solar build. We're building 8,000 megawatts of solar. Uh, much of that is being constructed now and then now for the next uh, 10 to 15 years. And so that's a big piece as well as clean energy programs, energy efficiency. So large transformation in our industry. And so that requires, we spend our time where our focus area and the transformation. The other piece is our investors. Our investors are not interested in owning a company that has a variety of different things. They buy us because we're an energy company and that's what our focus is. And so we're aligned well with our uh, with our investors as well as what we need to do here in Michigan to be a successful energy company. So you're 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 um, responding to the the folks who kind of call the shots at the end of the day, the shareholders and the customers. Uh, our emphasis is number one priority is our customers and our coworkers. Uh, we want to make sure we're focused on that. We talk about balance across the triple bottom line of people, planet, and and prosperity, Michigan's prosperity, and the people piece includes both our our customers and our coworkers prosperity is Michigan's prosperity, but it's also our shareholders to your point. And, and, uh, that, that goal of, uh, of getting rid of having all the carbon, uh, or the coal plants uh, operating by 2025. Um, tell us a little bit about how you're doing that. And there was a big announcement earlier this year to try to accelerate uh, a lot of the, the plans to get, to get there a lot faster than you planned just a couple of years ago. Yes, exactly. We're excited about the filing we made with the Michigan Public Service Commission, our clean energy plan. Also, it's also called in the vernacular um, an IRP or integrated resource plan. But what it does is look at it the next 20 years and what the energy needs are here in Michigan. And, and of course, um, you know, moving away from, you know, dirtier fossil based fuels is the intent here. And so we're going to uh, a cleaner system. Uh, it gets rid of coal by 2025. As I stated earlier, one of the first utilities in the nation to do that, 60% uh, reduction in carbon uh, by 2025. That's well ahead of the Paris Accord, both a two degree scenario and the 1.5 degree scenario. So again, we're leading the way when it comes to the impact of, of climate change. In addition to that, building renewables, clean energy programs that help people save money on their bill, as well as reduce use. Uh, we're making sure that we don't have a, a situation like Texas, like we saw um, earlier this year, by ensuring reliability. We're adding natural gas, a cleaner burning a fuel out there, which also helps to ensure reliability and resiliency across the electric grid. This podcast is sponsored by the Joyce Foundation, which invests in public policies to advance racial equity and economic mobility for the next generation in the Great Lakes region. We are coming off of, um, I think, all, and most people could only kind of describe as sort of the summer of infrastructure misery. Um, and I mean, there has been just one sort of calamity after another uh, involving roads and sewers and like buildings in Detroit that are collapsing underneath themselves. And and then, of course, power lines uh, have, have, been, have had their share of, of tree branches uh, this summer. Uh, we've had more like high, you know, high speed, uh, high uh, wind events, whatever you want to call them in the, in the industry than, than you probably can even remember. Um, the, the PSC has come and set and sends you a, a whole laundry list of sort of marching orders of it. Give us information about what you're doing to be more aggressive in tree trimming and, and, all, and all these other types of things. Um, tell us a little bit about what you're doing to kind of ramp things up or, or, or are you going to spending more money 
uh, trimming trees this this next year? Well, I, going back to your early question, customer-focused company. And so uh, we appreciate our customers and recognize, too, that the infrastructure has been an impact, not just only across our service territory, but you get plenty of examples where customers and Michigan's residents are impacted. And so our hearts and our appreciation go out for them, for the patience they've exercised over the course of the summer. But uh, you can bet we're making strong investments across our electric system to enhance reliability and resiliency to improve that uh, across our system. Mother Nature has packed a punch, you know, 70 mile hour winds, uh, tornadoes, climate change is real and it is impacting climate patterns, not just in Michigan. You can see it out west, you can see it in Texas, Louisiana, uh, throughout the Northeast and the flooding. And so it requires, you know, we think and re rebuild this infrastructure for the future to be able to adapt toward climate change. Part of it is reducing the CO2 to minimize the impact, which we talked about a moment ago, but then also investing in our system. We made a 60% increase in tree trimming here over the last three years. That's the number one cause of uh, interruptions. And so we're going to continue that pace to improve and reduce uh, customer outages. We're you know, spending more on electric reliability, which is replacing poles and wires and transformers and other equipment, 5.4 billion over the next five years. In your more urban areas, like your hometown of Jackson or or um, in Grand Rapids or Saginaw, um, there, what what's what's the cost to start burying more lines in residential areas, particularly these old neighborhoods that just got old trees and. Yeah. How, 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 what kind of a challenge is that going to be? You know, one of the things I think is, you know, and you've heard this in the past, probably the mantra is, no, it's too expensive to go underground. And as a utility, we're not going to do that. I think it's time to challenge that. And, you know, I've had conversations with Michigan Public Service Commission. And my view is it's not an you know, all everything goes underground, but a very surgical type approach to where we want to put things underground. And to your point, that could be in urban areas. Um, there's an opportunity as we upgrade the system to, to think about that and where that makes sense. Uh, it can be a little more cost prohibitive, but those costs continue to come down on going underground and it certainly improves reliability. So part of uh, what we're working with with the commission is to look at uh, what that looks like and, and an approach. It's not, a again, not every mile goes underground, but a very strategic and surgical approach and how we might think about undergrounding. Could there be surcharges? Could the commission set some kind of a surcharge where it says, okay, if you live in the city of Kalamazoo, you're going to get charged a little more extra for the investment into burying uh, the infrastructure uh, so that, you, you know, you, you've lowered the, uh, the instances of, of, uh, of uh, outages during the storms? We still look at it from a state. You know, I can't speak for the Public Service Commission what they may or may not do, but I'll, I'll say this. One uh, whether in a rural area or urban area, you were impacted by storms. And we want to make sure that improves for all our customers. And so it may be undergrounding in a certain area, or it might be what we call aerial spacer cable in other rural areas. It might look like something different from a, you know, a different technology in different spots. And so we've got to look at the entire system and look at what it's going to take uh, for the future because of climate change and some of the severe weather we see, seeing growing here in Michigan and across, frankly, the U.S., so, as you say, I think it's time to challenge that. I mean, if I hear you correctly, you're you're starting to rethink the sort of industry knee-jerk reaction that this is way too much. It's billions and billions of dollars. No way, no how. We are definitely rethinking that. We, um, as I shared earlier, the cost for underground and the technology continues to decline. 
Um, there's improvements in reliability. It is, you know, one of the arguments that's always been used is that uh, it's hard to find a fault when it occurs because it's underground. Uh, that's still true. Uh, but again, we're looking at um, what is the, we want to make sure, you know, the bills for our customers continue to be affordable and we ensure reliability and clean energy. And, and we want to make sure we take a thoughtful look at what that means. Yeah. Just to be clear. Undergrounding is not perfect. It's not perfect. No, it's, it's not a panacea, but we want to just, again, it's a thoughtful approach across our entire system and how do we improve resiliency? We know weather patterns are changing. We know that. It's, it's documented, we saw it this summer, and we've got to move that system forward so we ensure reliable energy for all our customers. As, you, as you're here at, um, at the Mackinac Policy Conference and we we're talking with uh, Garrick uh, Rochal, um, uh, Rochal, I'm sorry, <laughs> Rochal, jeez, uh, Rochal, I will have it down by the end of the podcast. Um, what is the big burning public policy issue that you're, you're, you're thinking about every day right now? Well, I mean, you touched on it. It's resiliency. I would not say it's a public policy issue that we need change, uh, but we need to, um, we're working closely with the commission to ensure that we're continuing to enhance our our resiliency and reliability of electric goods. So that's, that's top of mind. As I shared earlier, that's uh, number one. Uh, number two is this clean energy plan. And we submit it to the Public Service Commission. It's working through the process. We want to make the right steps here for Michigan. And the third person is EVs. Uh, what a great opportunity we have as a state to, in the motor capital, to lead in terms of electric vehicle deployment and infrastructure. And so a lot of my conversations here up on the island are going to be uh, focused on the EV EV component. So Okay. Uh, Garrick uh, Rochelle, thanks a lot for joining us here on the Cranes Detroit Business Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chad. Enjoy your week here. I will. I'm Chad Livingood, Senior Editor at Cranes Detroit Business. You've been listening to our podcast from the Mackinac Policy Conference. This podcast is sponsored by the Joyce Foundation, which invests in public policies to advance racial equity and economic mobility for the next generation in the Great Lakes region.